0: Hi, I'm Jason. And I'm Paul. And this is the Hi-Fi Sci-Fi Podcast.
1: Uh, today we're going to be talking about Season 2, Episode 17, Samaritan Snare. Jean-Luc, shorty Specs, Mysteries on the Holodex, Asteroids, Triple Droids, Telepathic betazoids. transport Transporter, Deadly Claw, Visitor
0: from L.A. Law, Photons, No Kirk, Captain Has Gone Berserk, Shuttlecraft, Council Troy, Dr. Crusher's Little Boy, on right Parasites, New
2: Heights, Phaser Fights, Data's Head, Tasha's Dead, Wike is Hanging by a Thread, Celebration, Transformation! Everyone to battle station, start the series.
1: It's the next generation on your favorite station. We didn't start the series, but when we are gone, give us the, the next generation
0: on your favorite station. We didn't start the series, and uh, for this episode, we picked. The podcast host from podcasts past to be our guest host, who is the strongest. He is strong, and he will make our podcast <laughs> go. Uh, Aaron Schlumbum, uh, Aaron, thanks for joining us once again on the Hi-Fi Sci-Fi Podcast.
2: Thank you for having me for one of these episodes again.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's just looking back, you had when the bow breaks, didn't you?
2: I sure did.
1: Wow. I believe,
0: I, and and correct me if I'm <laughs> wrong. I believe. You began talking about that episode by saying you hated that episode and then by extension all of us. Uh, That's true. You, it you,
2: still holds true to this day.
0: <laughs> do you feel that way about this episode? Nope. Uh, I think there were
2: certain episodes up for grabs. Uh, by the time I was in the mix, some of the other ones weren't available, so I grabbed the Geordie episode and I'm fine with that.
0: Yeah, I'll I'll live with that. And it's it is I guess it's kind of a Jordy episode. It's I mean there's a very strong A and a B here, right? The episodes going in, yep. in two different directions. Um, but you know we kind of <laughs> as soon as the captain leaves the ship, uh, you know we we head off in a different direction. Were not we supposed to be going on a charting mission or something? Is that is that what this was supposed to be at the beginning? Yeah, uh,
1: didn't they ha- didn't they really care about seeing something happening? Yeah. They were charting a that.
0: pulsar, and things literally
2: go to hell the second the shuttle is out of the the shuttle bay doors. Yeah, they get a, they get the the whatever distress beacon right as Picard leaves and is off on his little shuttle trip.
0: Yeah. And I I guess I should uh, I should mention this because the the little shuttle trip, you know, was originally, I guess, just going to be Wesley. They were just going to push him out the airlock and be like, (laughs) yeah, go take your tests, nerd. Uh, (laughs) um, But this episode, I always kind of forget, is kind of important in the canon in so much that it is the episode that establishes Picard has an artificial heart. And that's why he goes with Wes to the starbase. Um, at Pulaski's insistence, essentially.
1: Man, I already have like twenty questions. I don't even <laughs> it's even just those few sentences. But um, yeah, this is important for the artificial heart. Yeah.
2: Well, it. I think later writers took that opportunity to riff on that and create far superior storyline.
1: Oh yeah, well, absolutely. And to some degree, this is a this is another one of their show don't tell. He tells the story of how he got the artificial hearts, um, but it's much more interesting when we actually see it later, right? There's going to be an episode where we see everything that he just described, so. But
0: I will say this, the uh, the description of it is eerily accurate. And so, you know, obviously, at this point, if you're listening to us and you haven't watched the episode Samaritan's uh this is your cue to pause the podcast, do that, and join us, because we're going to skip around a bit. But that conversation <laughs> with them in the shuttlecraft with um, with Wes and Captain Picard, I mean the details are are pretty good, right? Because he was he he definitely fought a group mm. of Nausikins. Uh He describes being stabbed through the back uh, when he was stabbed; it pierced his heart. And then uh, the detail that he he you know, as I recall, I actually laughed, which. Mm-hmm. Um, all of that will ring true. And it's like the longest callback, I think, in the series. Because it's the mm, tail end no, we already end talked of s-
1: about the longest. We talked about the longest, which is uh, where no one has gone before to... Um, I don't know the second episode oh, of that. Oh, right. That would yeah. be longer.
0: It's like a, the third to the last episode in season, season seven. You're right, when The Traveler comes back. Okay, so it's maybe the second or third longest callback. Because it's late in season six when we actually yeah, it is. see this happen. But it, it does... They they do stay pretty true to Picard's description of why well, he got an artificial heart.
1: Yeah, and we've seen them do that bit before, to um, to positively or negatively, right? They they stick to the story about Betazoids. They stick to the story about Klingons. They they tend to take things they've said before as more or less canon. Yeah, um, pretty truthfully, which which is good. Yeah, they're they're pretty good with continuity. But, yeah. I do have a, t- a question from a testing standpoint, like does Wes have to go there? like is it a testing center? Does he have to go there to take this test on a certain day? I couldn't why is he in a shuttle? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know it's
0: it's uh, it's the equivalent How much of faster the disaster does the right?
1: enterprise go than the shuttle?
0: Well, yeah, because I did have a big problem with that, where they're like, "Yeah, it's definitely not warp travel." I'm like, "Then why are they just stopping here? Like, they could have just yeah. like they could have <laughs> tapped the warp An drive and just gone beep boop, time, right?
2: Yeah, which the the very last bit of the episode shows exactly what they could have done. It's very dependent on that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they just basically set off on a road trip,
1: the yeah. two of them.
0: Yeah. It, it, it doesn't, I mean, what what's funny about that is, like, I kind of have to dismiss that as just, like, early Star Trek, like, inconsistencies, because later in, in Star Trek, they have shuttlecraft that are warp-capable, and that makes more sense, right? Like, that if you have a thing that's, like, 10 hours via warp in that direction, yeah. and then...
1: Perpendicular or behind your travel, sure.
0: Yeah, sure. yeah. Uh, so, I mean, like, I, I kind of get what they were going for. It just doesn't make any sense when you have one thing that's... Like sublight, and then one thing that's orders of magnitudes faster than than light speed. It just yeah, dropping off your your dinky little shuttlecraft and having it just go put 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 you know to the starbase. Yeah, they
1: might as well. I mean, it didn't even need to be propelled. They could have just pushed it as they left, right? Yeah, like the speed they had. So exactly. Yeah.
0: Well, and it's it's. Obviously just a device to get them off the ship oh, and then yep, so. and then put in the ticking clock because I, I Got to say like had they not done that the the, the encounter with the the pack lids uh, Would have been just hella dumb right like it's just it's the most mismatched Standoff that they're trying to make dramatic Um and, and I mean, I don't know. Do you guys feel that that was at all effective? Like, because that's essentially the Samaritan snare, right? Is, sure. Is the packlets like that's the meat of the episode? So, you got a bunch of dumb kids in a ship with uh, stolen crap, and then they try to steal Jordy. Like,
1: oh, how does that work? I have like work? fifty questions again, Aaron. Aaron, it's your say something. Yeah. So what do you mean, What do you think about the packlets?
2: <laughs> the, the Paclids are ridiculous I, I see what they're doing with that they want you to feel superior to them um, because of how they look they're just big grey <laughs> morbidly obese middle aged American men just say, stating ridiculous things uh, We we like to go in space and find things and that's what they do and it's kind of a crappy way to present an alien
1: culture.
0: Yeah, they're just... Do we ever... They're deficient, essentially?
1: Yeah. yeah do we ever see the backwoods again? No. They're
0: mentioned again. Are they? I think okay. they rescue
2: lore at one point. But oh, that's oh. all in the background. Yeah, they're they're ridiculous. They... I don't, I don't know. It's a big problem with how Trek presents aliens in general. <laughs> they, well, so, they're always just humans with silly human foibles <laughs> and crazy noises. They, um, are,
0: they are apparently, by the way, the list of appearances, uh, if you go to Memory Alpha, they're only listed once in TNG, but apparently they're either casually mentioned or mentioned in the background an additional 18 times in Deep Space Nine. <laughs> wow. Yeah, more than I would have I'm thought surprised. for
2: sure. I'm surprised they didn't make an appearance in Deep Space Nine. Deep, Deep Space Nine would have, if they would have decided to take them on, they would have probably done something much more interesting with them.
1: I wonder Maybe. if it was like somebody's just offhanded comment or something like 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 Quark talked about the Paclet or something. Like <laughs> there's a there's a,
0: a picture of uh, someone dressed up like an actual Paclet in the background uh, from a Deep Space Nine episode. I'm not sure which one, but. huh um the the frequently, apparently the the Paclids frequently visited Deep Space Nine and were likely to be found at Quarks or on the promenade. No. So if <laughs> you right. if you look, you can see them in the wow. background.
1: <laughs> well so I do have a I do have a question calling back to what you said about, you know, they, they fly around and they steal things. Yeah. Um they mentioned that they have Romulan tech and they have Klingon tech on mm-hmm. board, that they have stolen from the Romulans and that they have stolen from the Klingons. And the question I walk away with is, would the Klingons put up with this? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Absolutely right. not.
1: Because yeah. the second they pulled this on the Klingons, it seems like they would be killed. And even if they had a Klingon on that ship, he would die honorably, right? Right. Well, and <laughs> like, he
0: would, yeah, any any Klingon who was allowed to be captured prisoners, uh, that's, you know, that's not honorable, right? So they would have no... Oh
1: yeah. He would fight to the death and then they would blow up their ship. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> then they would just fly away and be like yep. Yep. today was a good day to die.
0: Well, and like I just I, I do have a problem with the the entire prospect of, of uh the the pack lids. And, and I mean it's essentially you know, the second time I watched this episode I was I was thinking, you know, essentially this is an entire species of You know what the humans are in *Idiocracy*, right? Where like, had they (laughs) talked a register lower, like (laughs) vocally, it would have been like, you know, like
1: electrolytes make us go.
0: Yeah, I mean, you get the impression that like these guys flip on their view screen and they're just watching an episode of *Ouch My Balls*, right? Like after, and they're just like laughing wildly.
2: That's how the episode presents them. But again, they are still flying around in space doing space stuff. I mean, that's that's something. There's they're presented as stupid little aliens who can't do anything, but they're still traveling around. If if the three of us were just suddenly put on a spaceship, I <laughs> wouldn't sure. be able to figure out the doors.
1: And if we or were just we would, but accidentally, <laughs> and then we'd be blown into space. Yeah. <laughs> or,
2: yeah, we yeah. we shoot ourselves into space or we just can't <laughs> open the door and we have to cannibalize each other and people are come back and find our bones and we <laughs> starved to death
1: God and we had a, a
2: they're like what what did these idiots do there was there was all this food at all they had to do was push the food button
1: I think that was you're describing the second episode of the series The Naked Now
0: <laughs> Is it? <laughs> I mean, it's fairly close <laughs> <Basically>. <laughs> about what um, <laughs> what happens there. Yeah. So,
1: another question, though. Another question. So, does the Federation know anything about the Packlids? Does not um, so. <laughs> and because they say at the beginning, like it's a sublight craft, right? They they speak about it in very much the same tones as the um, boy. I don't remember their names, but the two uh, groups from Symbiosis and um, and Okana from Outrageous well, Okana. Um, That they're really just planetary, uh, not warp capable, um, but they're, again, immediately willing to just go over and help them do whatever they want make their ship go fast, (laughs) put on some warp coils or whatever. Yeah. Right after a, uh, I forget if it was the last episode or, I think, yeah, I think it was the last episode, but so prime directive heavy, they now seem back to the no prime directive stance again, or at least the super gray one.
0: Yeah, well, and I would also like to point out that this is another one of those episodes. Not only is there the, the prime directive angle, which is, yeah, should they or shouldn't they help these guys, but also there, this whole episode could just have been called Worf and Troy were right and nobody Ugh. listened, right? Oh, like, yeah. Worf is back yep. there, like being the only adult in the room. Right? Like he's just like yeah, this we is... don't know anything about them. Uh we don't know what their intentions are. Do we have to send our chief? Like this doesn't seem sound like a good idea at all. And he just a hundred
2: percent what he should be doing in that in
1: that role, <laughs> in that position and on the Parker ship. Doesn't listen, right. The, yeah. the only reason this works is Picard leaves. Data doesn't <laughs> talk. Worf is ignored. Troy is ignored. Jordy's feeling super helpful. Yeah. It's kind and of okay Riker, okay to like Troy. Riker didn't have his coffee today or something. Like Riker's off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cuz <'Cause> it, <laughs> it And like, uh, this
0: I would also like to point out that, that not only immediately was there the concern, rightfully so, from the chief of security. And they're like, whatever, he's fine. Let's send him over there. These kids are dumb. But then Troy strolls onto the bridge and is like, what the hell is happening over there? And then they're just like, ah, nothing. He's helping a bunch of dum-dums. And she's like, no, they're going to try to like do bad stuff. And then Data Data's even like, you know, sometimes our counselor is aware of things that are beyond our perception. Cut to the shuttle, cut back to what's happening, and like time has clearly transpired, and they just let that one <laughs> lay there. You know, I mean, there he is still tinkering around oh, with man. dirty circuit boards. You know, I wonder if they haven't if heard right. of the buddy system. I guess
1: century. written yeah. and got cut. Right there had to be a follow up to that. Yeah. Had to be. Yeah.
0: I, I mean, it just it strikes me that like they had they didn't even write a clever way to like get around the fact that they should have been able to just like yank him back because like they had every opportunity to be, to, to assess the situation and go, this is really, this is pretty rough. We should either send over more guys or we should bring him back. But they did neither. And then they're like, Oh no, their shields are up. And then we have a standoff
1: boy, a bunch more questions, but uh, to try to think about how to fix this. Um, they also, again, they, they blew past that pulsar. Um, not literally, they didn't get to the pulsar, but they presumably want to see that. And, and it seems like it would make more sense if they had to like wait around in a system or something. And then while waiting around, they ran into this, and they're like, well, we may as well help because we have nothing else to do. We're all kind of bored. Uh, instead of being stopped on the way to a thing they want to get to, right? right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, They already have some of this stuff in there that they could have scaffolded off of and they're just throwing stuff out and throwing stuff away yeah yeah
0: well i mean this this whole episode seems as if it were kind of dashed together a little bit um it does because it just if you think about a lot of it it doesn't doesn't seem to make a lot of sense i almost wonder if um the the primary part of the episode was maybe the stuff with captain picard because if anything it that part of the episode seems to largely work at least i thought i mean well, it, that's that's the
2: kernel of goodness in this episode 60 yeah. percent of it the bit of quality that this episode has is let's get wesley middle, and picard on 60%. a road trip
0: <laughs> yeah well and i would like to point yeah, out I, mean, I would like to point out their road trip because i i highlighted a couple of things as i was uh, as i was watching and I would just like to throw out um, a thought experiment for a moment. You guys can play along. The people listening at, uh, at home, you can play along as well. Um, think about uh, a person who is an, a, a very big authority figure for you. Uh, either your boss at work or somebody you look up to or what have you. I mean, somebody whose opinion matters, but they're also kind of stuffy. You're stuck on a road trip with them for hours. And you have to come up with conversation topics. Would your conversation topics involve the following? Because they did for Wesley. Uh, Wesley's icebreaker is, I guess you don't like me. Because he basically says, like, (laughs) you know, I guess you would have preferred to have Riker here. Like, what? Come on. And then he moves on to, in short succession, oh, everybody knows you don't like kids. And then almost immediately follows that up with why didn't you have kids yeah cut to a later scene were you ever married do you ever get lonely like what what are you where are you pulling this stuff from Wes? like what <laughs> yeah what I, are you
1: doing i i i i have frequently gone to the bat for uh wesley crusher i i think he's a great character and i wrote down like this episode makes him super unlikable yeah he's written to be horrible in this episode
2: well, um, how old is he in the episode? i He's probably old enough to know better, but those are all questions a child would ask. Like, they have very, very... Yeah, I mean, he's more sense 10. of boundaries. Yeah, he's not. <laughs>
0: but uh, he's, sure, it, he's
2: sure going for it.
0: He's got to be close to, like, 16, right? Because I believe and he frankly, was frankly, a 10-year-old would know better. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a 10-year-old probably would, yeah. Um. I mean, yeah, old enough to not do any of that, right? You know, yeah, I mean, like even if
1: he's even if he's awkward, which he has not been shown to be more than any regular teenager. Yeah, he's um, a little awkward. Well, and it's, yeah, but so was every regular teenager.
0: I think it's particularly strange where this episode happens in the chronology because Aaron, you you may not be following it quite as close as we are, like you know, episode by episode. But we very recently did um, pen pals, right? And in that episode, Wes was given command of a group of adults um, who were career Starfleet officers and managed it quite capably. So to to put him in that situation and then pivot here and put him in with the shuttle with Captain Picard, and he's like, do you not like me? Do you ever have kids? I guess you hate kids. Are you lonely? (laughs) Did you ever get married? Like, what are you? Stop! Please, for the love of you God! Want to listen
1: to my road trip mixtape? Yeah, it's just <laughs> it it got how, pretty. Painful. How long? How long was this trip? By the way, again, I, was it? Do you remember? Because I remember it being a, a high number of hours. It was
0: a lot. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember a
2: specific. I think it was like, like a six-hour trip or something, possibly longer.
1: Okay. Okay, I was thinking longer, but even six. I mean, that's reasonable. Did do, yeah. do shuttles have replicators? Question. I mean, I think so. <laughs> right then so picard packed like like <laughs> a, a picnic, picnic basket, basket.
0: <laughs> with, with cucumber right. sandwiches they
1: have like yeah they have like <laughs> sandwiches they like split a sandwich and yeah. it's like mm, if you had would, a replicator wouldn't you just be eating the regular food you normally would have and not like be good money road to see food? captain picard pull a fruit roll up out
2: of this picnic basket <laughs> and just start eating that and a juice box a juice box <laughs> and th- and throw away the apple or banana that was packed. Like, ugh, no. <laughs> Go straight for
0: the fruit roll-up. Doctor Pulaski is always trying to get me to eat this. It <laughs> just throws it away. Yeah, exactly. Regular um, milk. Man, I want chocolate. Bag
1: of cool Ranch Doritos. Yes, yes. I,
0: I mean, I do think, despite his best efforts to completely sabotage their, their. Road trip to Starbase five one five. I do think eventually they get kind of a nice little bit of time uh, together. Um, I do like the the tail end of it where they're approaching the starbase and Picard's just like, "Did you read that book that I gave you?" And he's like, "Uh, yeah. kind of," <laughs> you know, like that. I thought was pretty authentic because he's some teenage kid, and I'm sure you know Picard gave him uh, you know a pretty hefty book. The uh, and and you know. Wesley's like I gotta study (laughs) and it it sets up that really nice uh that really nice line from Picard where I think he says something in the effect of like open up your mind to the past art history philosophy and all of this may mean something I thought that was very like okay Uh, that's that's very Starfleet of you well done like that um okay well so this is all happening and then uh they get to the starbase but then we've got this standoff with uh with the dum-dums with the pack leads because they they decide you know Jordy's great. We're gonna keep him and then That's basically like it seems like that's all the thought that they put into it But then don't they later also try to say no this was clearly a ruse like all the stuff that was yeah, broken this is on the yeah
1: Yeah, this is a hostage negotiation.
0: Yeah, well, I but mean like, like uh, But but I'm saying like the reason that Jordy beamed over there they later like go out of their way oh, to say yeah, yeah. It was a trap right Yes, yes. Yeah, that they're not Not as dumb as they look and
2: act. And every (laughs) bit of evidence would make it appear.
0: Right, right.
1: Yeah, that they had fooled the Enterprise sensors in such a myriad of ways. That, like... (laughs) Fooled you. Somebody was asleep at their post, yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: So, I mean... (laughs) So that standoff... Question.
1: Yeah. Question. Why doesn't the Federation ever put any research into a weapon that can just drain shields but not like blow things up because that's all they need here right like,
0: <laughs> yeah
1: wouldn't the phaser at 10% power for like 20 minutes just do the job
0: well but that I mean yes probably but um, they, they do they just try to lay out the stakes by saying that you know clearly the pack lids are violent cuz they phaser jordy a bunch like oh, yeah they do <laughs> they just they just turn on him and just pa out so much so that there like there's a hefty bit of physical acting from uh, Mr. Lavar Burton <laughs> Where if you if you look, you can see him bend over to heave himself back into the display that he's supposed to have been blasted into when he's phasered. Like you can watch him crouch and then throw himself back.
1: It's it's Reminded pretty Of, um, I forget the episode now, but the one where he took the turbo lift and it was malfunctioning. Oh, yeah. And he ended up on the bridge, right? He always gets these awesome, um, and I guess I don't know, I mean, I'm assuming it's LeVar Burton. It might be his uh, stunt double, but he frequently gets these, like, throw yourself around things and... Whether it's him or his stunt double, they're doing a good job at it. So. Yeah, that was in
0: uh, that would have been in Contagion because that was when the computers were all messed up. Oh yeah, and, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He got vomited out of the turbo lift, and then Picard in that one was just like rough ride, Lieutenant Commander. Yeah, haha, thanks. Yeah, they <laughs> they seem to always put Geordi in these, and I'm not I'm not sure why. Um, I, I want to point out so the standoff is basically like, okay, we can't. I don't think they could do what you're mentioning, Paul, because. If they take any provocative action, they're worried that the Paclids are just gonna kill him, right? Um but <laughs> I like the way they resolve this is like they have covert speak over an open channel. And yeah. I, I want to talk about that because there's a moment where um they get off of the 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 communicator and they're on the bridge and <laughs> somebody's somebody says to Riker or Riker says to someone else do you think he understands and I just wrote it would have been perfectly acceptable for anybody to chime in there and say man I don't even understand what we just told him to do <laughs>
2: <laughs> that was not a well execu- executed ruse no. and I'm pretty sure we've seen them come up with better plans
1: <laughs> than that particular well, what, plan of action what is the plan so I'm not, I mean I don't think I've never it explained a few times yeah, I, I, I've seen it a few times. I don't think I followed it. So if you were to break Other this down <laughs> Turn off turn off torpedoes. Yeah, I right. Think that's what I got out of it. Right.
0: So he had to make them photon torpedoes because they, they wanted weapons. So in order to not get dead, he had to make those. Um the plan, as I understand it, was for him to uh covertly disable said photon torpedoes that he just made them while at the same time, the enterprise would put on the ruse that they were the ones who disabled the torpedoes via some magic tech, which Geordi calls the Crimson Force Field. Oh no, they use their Crimson Force Field. Um, good one, Geordi.
2: Really got them good.
0: <laughs> that's the plan. Good thing that, that they're uh, dumb kids, I guess. I, I don't... That
1: improv class you took down at the learning center really paying off. <laughs>
0: I just um, I I have to think that like the the standoff reflects the supposed intelligence of, of these aliens because it's just it's just dumb. The whole standoff is just because like afterwards why would they just give up and lower their shields right? Like you would think exactly. at that point they would wouldn't just they just kill away. him or fly away? Oh
1: okay, yeah, not both. Yeah. Like, how did they fool the Romulans and the Klingons? This brings me back to the earlier question. Yeah. There's no way they have Romulan Klingon tech. <laughs> if the Unless whole... they're not pulling this. If they're scavengers, sure. Yeah. But not if they're pulling this, ruse.
0: And maybe they are scavengers, too. But, like, I'm just thinking about this in terms of just, like, a central mechanical, like, the problem isn't that they have photon torpedoes necessarily, right? The problem is they have really strong shields that they couldn't beam Geordi through. Everything that they did dealt with a threat that they weren't trying to solve <laughs> cuz like at the end of this they could have just left their shields up and then th- put up their middle finger towards the view screen <laughs> like I don't I don't understand why that all of a sudden like, "Oh, yep, we did it. Good job, everyone."
1: Yeah, it doesn't seem like they're watching Jordy. Why didn't Jordy just lower the shield?
0: <laughs> also <laughs> good. Also that would have like, made way more sense. Yeah. Why why couldn't that have been the ruse right? Why couldn't at the same time he disabled the photon torpedoes? He lowered the shields and been like oh the crimson force field man it uh,
2: And and the answer of course was there was only three minutes left in the episode right at that point Yeah,
0: because they had to get to that star base (laughs) because because as it turns out The most dramatic doctor in the universe is not (sighs) the most capable doctor in the universe Right because we're (laughs) trying to fix Picard's heart, but uh, Got Man, out. he can't do it.
2: it I have an turns audio out the whole episode is just uh, an attempt a... to sell you on Pulaski.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they hoodwinked us again! Dang Damn it! it.
1: Mm-hmm. I have an audio request, which um, I'll have you put in here. Okay. Uh, and I'll send you. Uh, well, do you guys watch the uh, Venture Brothers? I do not. All right. So to set this up, there's a uh, there's a point. I think it's a season four season premiere where one of the characters ends up with a robot's head stuck in his chest and, uh, goes to a doctor who then has the line, which we'll play here. I put in a lot of doors this year. Ever since the Iron Man, everybody wants the robot heart.
0: So do we think that's this episode in a nutshell, basically?
1: Ever since the Iron Man, everybody wants the robot heart.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Everybody wants that robot heart. Everybody. But, I mean, like, so, (laughs) let's back, because we didn't address this at all, right? Because at the beginning of the episode, Picard had the option there to have this procedure done in-house. He could have uh, had the surgery on the ship. He could have recovered in the convenience of his own quarters. Uh, but, But this episode, I think, is also existing to maybe give him... Uh, a little bit of vanity, perhaps a little bit of a of a, of a Persian flaw, um, but like, <laughs> what? What do you guys think about that? And then bringing Pulaski in at the end, like, what were they? What do you think they were trying to do?
2: <laughs> Go for it, Aaron. I I honestly am not sure what they were trying to do with the song and dance with Pulaski. <laughs> Other than make Picard look silly again, yeah, like right there at the end, they're like, "Well, here she is—the per- the person you didn't want inside of you. She was inside of you. <laughs> she's seen <Man>. everything, Picard, <laughs> Jean Luc. I should say now that she's seen it all. She's seen it all.
0: She, actually, there's a, mean, a there's every, a good clip too. That's uh, you can bring in that clip from uh, Sir Patrick himself in uh, extras, I believe. I've seen everything." Yeah, I've seen it all. Yeah, that's the perfect <laughs> clip for that one. Oh,
1: boy. <laughs> so, if I'm trying to think about what they were trying to do, because they've tried a lot of things with Pulaski over the season, yeah. the thing on the table is... Picard? but um, bum Huh? Huh? Well, the character that they've written is not relatable, right? Yeah. Um, And so, what they're trying to do here... I guess is make her more likable and more relatable by making her the best doctor in in starship range um even at the, when they're at a star base on a planet that she has some skill that no other doctors have, mm-hmm. and I don't know how that makes her more relatable um, i I don't know right I don't think it does well maybe. You're supposed to respect
2: her more, or Picard is supposed to respect her more because he, he is doesn't. obviously not her a fa- a fan disgusted.
0: of her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He wakes yes. up. <laughs> His reaction is, is almost exactly Picard as, is as you described it. All of it, us. Aaron. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Picard is all of us like, don't let that woman touch me. <laughs> <laughs> and she's just so proud
2: of having done that. Yeah. I got you, Picard. I've seen it all.
0: I mean, if they still had money in the future, I would have uh, almost expected her to have slipped him a 20 under the operating table, right? Where it's (laughs) like, all right, thanks for taking care of that. Thanks for feigning that you didn't know how to do this so I could come in here and mess with Picard's
1: innards. (laughs) 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 Yeah, because the guy says that he's done it hundreds of times. It's like, well, I guess that's an okay number to pull out. I think it maybe runs a little low. But, yeah, these are experienced doctors and he's like well there's not going to be any complications and as soon as one happens he's like wow I've never had a complication before not sure how that's supposed to go and it's not like he's green and right out of, of space med school right he he has clearly uh, at the top of this chain of surgeons at a star base mm-hmm. What, mm-hmm. what complication is supposed to arise oh and by the way I guess I'll answer my own question uh, it's complications around mm, boy, metabolization occlusions and heterocyclic declinations, some of the most egregious techno babble they have slipped in yet,
0: yeah, <laughs> i did I did make a note of that where I'm like some of it doesn't even sound medical, right? where it's just it's just stuff that they're clearly making up um and not even making an effort to make it passable in terms of uh, what it actually is um. I do want to point this out. This had uh, <laughs> we we referenced this once when she first appeared because uh, I believe it was Q who where she shows up, but uh, this is the second and also final appearance of yeah. Ensign Sonia Gomez. Sonia Gomez. Uh, yeah, so she... I, I'm sad to see her go. She was kind
2: of super hot in that Sesame Street guest star way of the '80s. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I don't think i've ever heard it quite described that way but yeah okay i i can see it that's right. my fetish oh uh, <laughs> she was uh initially wow. intended to be a comedic recurring character
1: uh comedic wow, i liked her as a character I, th- I thought she's been a good character so far and yeah it's yeah. sad to see her now disappear she yeah she was
2: always super positive it was like she's about
0: to burst into song at any point yep furthering the sesame street angle oh, yeah oh yeah absolutely yeah um but that's it. She's uh she's done. So we won't
1: uh Going going back it. to the robot hearts. Uh-huh. So why are they still doing surgery by hand in, this far into the future?
2: Yeah. We have robots doing surgery right
0: now. So yeah. it right. is
1: uh... it, it it so they've 3D printed Picard a new body before. Um <laughs> uh-huh. right they they this is canon. <laughs> uh yeah. Yeah, I know where so you're going with this. Yep. Yeah, right. What's to stop them from putting him into the teleporter and being like, teleport everything but the heart? All right, bring back everything but the heart. Whoop, new heart. Just make sure all the <laughs> holes line up in the right places. This is this is this is, this is teleporter. Maybe two oh one. Seems like a yeah. slightly complex <laughs> procedure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that it really kind of uh, it really speaks to how universe breaking uh, technology like replicators and transporters really are when you sit down and think about it. Um, Because yeah, I mean, if they, if, if I buy the idea that they would, they're able to replicate matter as it exists, but not, you know, fabricate anything, but then that's what a replicator is. So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so yeah, I mean, at no point somebody was just like, "Well, we've we've grown him a whole other body, so what's to
1: stop us from just like
0: giving him an actual heart again?" Um,
1: frankly, yeah. Why is this even an artificial heart? That's a good point. You know, I mean, I'm not even yeah. I'm not even going to that one, but sure. Yeah,
0: like they they've brought they've brought people back from less. Like a a, a regular organ just seems kind of like small potatoes in comparison, I guess.
2: Um I think re- this one was uh, had some sort of malfunction in the early model, yeah. and they're replacing it with a better model, like an iPod or something right
1: right well, well yeah I guess yeah, I started down one track of that, but you're right, Burns. There's a whole different track here of the reason when that we give people artificial hearts these days is because we don't have a pile of hearts laying around. And if you have a replicator, you have a pile of hearts laying around,
0: yeah. You have a pile of literally you, whatever you want laying around.
1: Because you could you could say all the you know the techno babble about you can't replicate things that are complex, but a heart is not complex if you're just p- putting one on a table. Um, from a biological standpoint, that's replicable. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, yeah, that's one of those questions <laughs> that you just kind of um, you go, "Yep, it, we'll move right past." You can-
2: are we saying if you can replicate a steak you can replicate a heart
1: basically <laughs> right yeah.
2: yeah. now I'm like I wonder if you were a super weirdo in the future you could ask for like a human steak for the, from the replicator
0: <laughs> well be
2: like
1: I eat humans from a replicator so it's not weird I think that comes up in Deep Space Nine too doesn't it
0: I, actually, yeah, a lot of things come back up in Deep Space Nine. There was, uh, yeah, cloning and, yeah, uh, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. unethical usages of human tissue. Yeah, absolutely. No, so there, it's unethical there's, to eat humans now. There's um, all of that stuff. I mean, also the existence of a holodeck, right, where you can make anything happen. Uh, you know, we haven't gotten to the character of Reginald Barkley, but he has holodeck fantasies. His holodeck fantasies <laughs> are yeah. adorable, right, because that's not I what most Barclay. people's holodeck fantasies would be. So, yeah, there's, there's a whole lot of... You you get just below the surface in Trek, and it just you kind of go wait what about this what about this what about this what about this, yeah. um so yeah some of this you do have to kind of sidestep. Well, I
1: guess they're not that far away from from having an EMH, um, which will show up in, in Voyager, right? Um, right, they they're they're on track. It's just they're still really rooted in um, that whole idea. They're not moving technology um, to new places. They're just Moving 80s technology a little bit forward And making you wear red jumpsuits Right,
0: space jammies I I would also like to point out That I believe um, The odd uniforms That they're wearing in the surgery Bay uh, come up again In fact, when Dr. Bashir on Deep Space Nine Goes into surgery, he's wearing, I think An identical uh, outfit So that's a weird piece of continuity Um,
1: Yeah it, all i could think of when i see them is the um i'm gonna forget what their actual name is but the um the highest level imperial guards that that guard the emperor in star the crimson,
0: wars the crimson crimson yeah. or
1: whatever they are yeah yeah
0: <laughs> i think they're yeah the emperor's guard yeah yep yeah it's kind of uncanny um so this episode um is the thing that happened um we we get Jordy off the ship. We get Picard picked up. Rumors of his brush with death are greatly exaggerated. And then we warp out of there. Yeehaw! West did okay on his tests. Let's go back to the stars. Um, was it worth it? I mean, do we have anything else we want to say about this episode before we kind of render our verdict on this one?
2: Uh, I think it was not a good showcase for Jordy. Uh, for him being kind of the centerpiece of one of the, one of the uh, storylines in it, he did not get to be at his best in this one, which is unfortunate. He's one of my favorites from this show. So, yeah.
0: Do you, Do you feel like he just kind of got a raw deal like on this script or? Like, yeah, what, what he's uh,
2: I don't think the script was <laughs> particularly kind to anybody except for maybe Picard.
0: Yeah, and he's
1: kind of the it biggest even, jerk because <laughs> like. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it even writes him as a jerk at the beginning, right?
0: Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Well,
2: he's a he is a stern, authoritarian, classic uh, command figure, and I don't think this is out of it's not really out of uh, out of character for him, especially the way he's so cranky at having to uh, recognize that vulnerability in himself and possibly see his underlings recognize that in him as well. That was mm. kind of the kernel of greatness that could have been in the show.
1: Well, but it it kind of goes back to this point that we talked about, I think last episode um, the whole idea that they would view this as a weakness um, because they've had um what was the episode uh, with, um with oh boy, uh, where silent no it's not where silence Has least. It's the other one about the deaf interpreter is that where silence Has least loud as no. a whisper loud as a whisper. I always get those two confused um where they go to great lengths to say like that Geordie doesn't have working eyes, but he has the capability to see in a different way. And that that is not something that is, um, that he views as a handicap that, that, that he views that as part of him. Um, and that, that technology can largely, you know, replace some of these things that go wrong. And Picard's heart got dabbed by a Nausicaan and he now has a robot heart. And, realistically a robot heart in the future is probably a little more reliable than a human heart or it should be. <laughs> yeah. If it, with a few centuries to work on that tech, like it should be better. So it's just going back to that idea that, that if you're not, um, a hundred percent human, then something's wrong with you. Right. That, it, that if yeah, you have any sort of,
0: yeah, I don't, I don't think it's that though. I think, I think they're definitely, you know, I, I take Schlumbaum's point pretty well that um, if Captain Picard is this sort of classic commander, right, that he's, uh, you know, he's, he's hard as iron, you know, uh, that, that he, he wants to be seen as the, the ultimate, you know, figure of command, um, that I don't think it matters so much that you're, because you're, you are correct, Paul. I don't, I don't, I think that's how everybody on the crew would see it but I think it's a flaw within himself that he despises because I don't think he, I don't think he hates the heart. I think he hates what it represents, right? Like that's, they make that more of a plot point in, uh, in the episode in season six where this comes up again, yeah. where they talk about the his, yeah. yeah, his life and his choices. And so I think, I think he hates the fact that he even has to go do this because the only reason he has to go do this is because of some stupid mistake he made when he was a kid and that's, that's too personal. That's letting people in too much um, that they even have to worry about him, that he has to have this medical procedure. So, like, yeah, you're right, Paul. Like, in the future, like, sure, he's got a robot heart. Geordi's got, you know, a visor, and Data's made of metal, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. But I think it matters to Picard, and I think that's why... Um, that's why I think it works here, actually. Like, I'll I'll probably... I'll back up Schlumbaum on this one because it's it's it doesn't matter what the crew actually thinks. It matters what, what Picard thinks about it. And he clearly just doesn't want anyone to know about it.
1: He just, yeah, that's a fair point. That's a good point. So,
0: yeah. Um, so anything else we want to, to mention before we, uh, before we come down for or against this particular episode, hearing none, Boy, mm-hmm. I feel
1: like, like I have so many questions But there's just not that much there There's, there's not much meat on there <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, you can kind um, of You really start to pick apart an episode that's, that's pretty thin like this pretty easily But, like, it's so on its face dumb You know, right? That yeah, it's like It just it, it's...
2: It doesn't really deserve the, uh, the further well, contemplation I guess it, goes
1: back, it goes back to the point of, you know Is this one you could make better in any way? And I, I don't know How would you make this better?
2: What would ooh, you? oh, you could because that that kernel of greatness there with the road trip with, uh, Picard and and Wesley they could have yeah they were they were in that shuttle for six hours together, and there was enough there for them to come back to that and make a great episode, like three or four seasons from now
1: mm-hmm. and ooh, yeah they, yeah, yeah
2: yeah they could have done a lot more with Wesley and with uh, Wesley and Picard and made that much more interesting piece and really cut down on paklet time which everyone would have been fine with
0: well <laughs> and i think i think the packlids need to be significantly reworked if you're going to keep them at all right like i think <laughs> i think yeah. the fact that they're actually dumb like that that should have been more of a ruse right like that should have been yeah they should not actually the only be part that part
1: stupid. of the episode that makes me smile though
0: well that's true <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah but- the- at the end, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't
2: hate this episode because everything in it is kind of silly. Yeah. It's just silly.
1: Well, and maybe that's the problem. They're mixing too much silly stuff with too much serious stuff. Right? And Picard, <laughs> Picard is going for a surgery to replace his heart. <laughs> and it's in the same episode as these, this silly race of aliens that are both simultaneously super cunning and super dumb. Yeah,
0: yeah. I feel like in a in a different presentation, you know, like having them having that ship literally floating like right beneath the saucer of the Enterprise, where it could have been destroyed in about three phaser blasts. Like, yeah. So
1: what's the balance here, right? Because they have it's a hostage negotiation in some some respects, but they have a tractor beam. The shield doesn't negate that, right? They could hold them there, and they could say, "Well, we're going to kill Jordy and." The response has to just be, "Well, if you hurt him at all, we're towing you to space jail." Yeah, right.
2: Which they never did, as far as
1: the episode. No, they're just like, goes. "Well, have fun, have fun with the next ship you run into."
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's also the part of the episode where, at the end of it, it's just like, "Okay, bye." You know, I'm like, "What? You're just okay." Um, the important thing is that there were no
2: consequences.
0: <laughs> yep. <laughs> None. Exactly. So, I would say, Aaron, as our esteemed guest host in the third chair, you get the honor of going first. Um, keep in mind that when we say what we recommend this episode, we are picturing, you know, this is the kind of episode you wouldn't mind being in the list of somebody who's, who's new to the series. Um, do, you think it, do you think it's essential viewing for someone getting into Star Trek, or is this one that we should probably skip because it's just too embarrassing to, uh, <laughs> to, to the uh, franchise?
2: I would say it's eminently skippable, uh-huh. uh, but uh, it's not one that I I hate or <laughs> just have any anger at its existence at all. Yeah. But there's there's really not a whole lot there. The Picard vulnerability thing will come back up in a much better episode later on in the series. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's that's the one thing that's really worth saving. There's not a whole lot else in there that... You you wouldn't really miss anything by running well, running past this one.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Paul, what do you say? Well, I
1: mean, you miss the packlets. <laughs> <laughs> you do. They're no, kinda, they're no. I it. mean, they're fun. Like I, that is the part that I don't know. They're fun to have um, in that sort of Star Trek wheelhouse, right? If you have friends who ha- have watched Star Trek, they're going to talk about the packlets at some point. Yeah, once you have that. Then there's not much more. You're right that the, the Picard Wesley stuff is good, but they're going to show it later instead of just telling you mm. about about the Picard heart. Um, and as much as as good as all that is, they yeah they just do it so poorly. And um, yeah, skip skip. I'm just.
0: Well, this has no this has no punch to it, but I am going to say watch. Um, and I'm going to say watch. And by being outvoted two to one, but I'll, yeah, I'll you say got the
1: safe safe bet there
0: yeah yeah um but i'll argue for it if only because the the stuff with picard um and actually having uh some concern about his image and his ego i think is compelling um i I think it anything that adds dimension to a, a character like that uh which is also believable i could absolutely believe that that for him his crew is is pretty much all he has, right? He's not a he's not a family man. He's, he's never married. They cover that with Wesley's awkward questions in this episode. <laughs> they um, do. So so his image in the eyes of his crew is a thing. They kind of painted in this episode that it is a thing that he doesn't want anyone to know concerns him, but concerns him deeply. And I think that's sure. truly compelling. And then I think uh, this is the first time we've gotten a chance to really see that there is a, a special relationship between Picard and Wesley, um, even though, you know, there kind of shouldn't be, right? Because he, like, Wesley's really dumb in this episode and, and does a bunch <laughs> of dumb stuff, but and Picard hates kids, but somehow there is there is something there that transcends that, and I think that does come through, even though Wesley's questions are are so awkward. So
1: Yeah, I do not disagree with that. It's just a shame that they packed that, like, 10 minutes of... Really good stuff in a episode that is
0: about dumb really aliens, a- dumb
1: fat aliens. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. and you, like you said, the crew is all he has. But boy, as soon as he leave- leaves, the crew is acting like a group of idiots.
0: <laughs> yeah, it it does feel like the inmates uh, running the asylum because, uh, yeah, they as soon as they they leave, I mean, yeah, they just, <laughs> I mean, Warp should have been oh, left Mr. in Rich charge. Again?
1: All stars. Yeah. No, let's just hang out here. Yeah let's I have mean, a party
0: i mean wharf is literally rolling his eyes because he's like if the captain were here he would have listened to me um <laughs> no he wouldn't have yeah that's also probably true yeah um well aaron as always uh, it is a pleasure to have you on the show thanks for joining us for the samaritan snare thanks for having me do you have anything on the internet you're particularly proud of and or want people to know about to come find or or should you remain anonymous
2: anything that involves me on the internet i'm deeply ashamed of so i don't want to discuss it here
0: yeah okay understood much like ricard you just want to keep that swept under the rug sounds good Uh,
1: until next Aaron has a robot heart putting that out
2: there i've got a robot something that i don't want
1: (laughs) to i don't want to share
0: with the world yet uh, please uh, make sure to uh, find us on social media. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. If you search Hi-Fi Sci-Fi Podcast. Also, all that stuff is on our website, Hi-Fi Sci-Fi Podcast dot com. We are rapidly approaching the end of season two. Um, oh, yeah, we are. As we build momentum there, uh, be thinking about some questions you want to ask us, either about the season that we are having now or the season ahead, because uh, we'll probably do a wrap up show um, at some point for season two. So keep that in mind. Uh, you can also email us. Uh, it's just our names at the website address. So Jason at highfivesci com, Paul at highfivesci podcast dot com. Until next time, I'm Jason, and I'm Paul, and uh, we try to make podcasts go. This podcast is strong. <laughs> <laughs>